Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Though podcast. Tom Brady retires, new coaches getting hired, and Adam Schefter's a fraud. That and more, that's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. I'm your host, Vince Stover, joined by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, brand new studio, still still kind of in the works, right? But uh, <laughs> it, uh, it, it is. Yeah, welcome to the new place and glad to have you back with us again. Uh, no football this weekend, Dad. Uh, well, there's Pro Bowl stuff, but no football, no football. How, how are we feeling about that? Well, you know, they're still, again, I enjoy hockey and the hockey all-star weekend is this weekend too. So that'll be kind of fun to watch, but um, yeah, football's winding down. But like, like you said, it never really winds down because as soon as this gets over with, you know, we'll have the draft and be getting ready for that. Of course, the XFL is going to be uh, start up right away too. And that, I think that's going to be kind of interesting uh, to see what we got, you know, that has, and um, there's still plenty of sports going on right now, no doubt about that. And like I said, you know, we really enjoy March Madness, and that's just about upon us. So it is, and of course, I'm excited about baseball season. We got our fantasy baseball show is starting this Sunday. Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show presented by BellyUpFantasySports.com will air live this Sunday, 8 p.m. right here on the Sports Stove YouTube. Also on Belly Up Fantasy's Facebook page, and the audio will be available afterwards here wherever you get your podcast. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of research and preparation for the first show of the year, and uh, it's got me really, really excited about baseball season, both regular baseball and fantasy baseball. Getting excited about that, but the news cycle doesn't stop in the NFL, Dad, and that's where we want to start with today. We'll start with Tom Brady. Uh, comes out this morning on Twitter announces he is officially retiring for the final time. Uh, as Packer fans, we've heard this speech before. Um, but uh, uh, Brady, it looks like he's done. Calls it quits, which I think is the right move. 
Uh, you know, the when the way he ended the season, the way this season went, yes, he had a bunch of yards. He's clearly not the Tom Brady of old. And I really thought it was best for him to, to step away and retire. Um, he chose to do so, and and he retires as the, I would have to say, greatest football player of all time uh, and what he's accomplished on the field. And uh, he's going to walk away and supposedly into the broadcast booth. We'll, we'll see more about that in the future. But uh, thoughts on Tom Brady, his, his official retirement, and uh, the career that he had. Um, well, again, I, I think I agree. I think he made the right decision. I think at this point, um, you know, again, you know, I heard someone say no matter what he does this coming year, you know, once he goes into the Hall of Fame, you'll only remember, you know, his main career and all the Super Bowls he won. And that's true. But I, I think he, he it, it, it's time to move on and it'll be real interesting in the broadcast area. I think he'll do well because I can't see Tom Brady trying to do anything that, you know, he cannot do well. And um, I, I, I think, I think that may work out really good. I mean, he brings a lot of insight and things like that to it um, there. You know, he's had a great career. He's been by far, you know, the greatest quarterback when you talk about Super Bowls and everything involved there. I always thought there was a question about, you know, could he do it with another team? And he went to Tampa, and he did. Um, of course, Tampa had a stacked team. He was in a great situation for that. But he's, he's a great quarterback, no doubt about that, and he's had a great career. And it's interesting that because when he came out of college, nobody knew if he was going to really be a good pro quarterback at all. Um, so it's always great when a guy like that, you know, um, has a career that he does. And, um, you know, I hope the best for him as it goes on. But I, I, I think he'll do well in whatever, he, you know, he tries to do. And, um, I again, I think it was the right decision. You know, there have been a lot of talk lately about him going. I But I, it didn't make a lot of sense to go to some of the teams they were talking about. And um, so, um, and you know, this opens up a lot now when the discussion about quarterbacks, because he's not in the mix and I don't think Aaron Rodgers is in the mix to go to another team either. So I think, you know, they're going to be working out their quarterback situation among the quarterbacks that are there now and the draft and things like that and trades. So, yeah. uh, we will, we, we will see, but Tom Brady, you know, I think he made the right decision and, you know, he'll, he'll definitely go down as, um, you know, one of the greats, no doubt about that. And, um, you know, a few years should be in the hall of fame and, and, um, you'll be able to re relive all that again. Yeah. I think, you know, I think San Francisco did make sense because of the talent level they had and the defense that they have. Uh, Miami even made sense a little bit if he was going to go somewhere else. Although I did hear uh, Tom Pelissor today on Dan Patrick say it was either Tampa or retirement. That, that's where he was going to be, uh, which is interesting as well. Of course, Tampa has a good team still. They didn't play well this year, but they got a lot of talent on that team. All they've got left now is Kyle Trask. He's the only quarterback currently under contract in Tampa. He was drafted out of Florida a couple years ago. And, uh, I, you know, I think you look at guys like Derek Carr, uh, as possibilities in Tampa, you talk about, you know, throw Derek Carr in there with Evans and Godwin, uh, and, you know, and some of the other pieces they've got down there. I would be surprised if Tampa goes with Kyle Trask. I'd be surprised if Tampa drafts somebody. 
I think they're going to go the veteran route again. Uh, but we'll wait and kind of see, give a little bit of time to figure out what's going on in Tampa. Of course, they fired Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator. And uh, and so they got to see what they end up doing with all of that stuff as well. Um, let's talk about some more changes. D'Amico Ryans goes to the Texans as the new head coach. Ryans, of course, played in Houston, uh, had a good career there in Houston, and has been one of the top assistants in the league for the last couple of years now. Comes over from San Francisco. Uh, a unique opportunity, right? The last two coaches have only been there one year. Uh, has not worked out. And I think Lovey Smith knew that going into it. it was only going to be a one-year gig, but uh, I don't think David Coley did. But anyways, D'Amico Ryans comes in. He's going to get more than likely the top quarterback, maybe the second quarterback off the board. Um, they're basically starting from scratch in a lot of ways, but I really like this hire for Houston. Uh, what did you think about the D'Amico Ryans hire? No, I think it was good. I think the fact that they've got somebody that's going to, you know, be excited, be excited about it because he played there before. I think it'll help with the fan base. Again, he's proved, you know, he's been a really good assistant. I think he can be a really good head coach. I think that one made a lot of sense for them. Um, because again, I, I, you know, they're going to have to build some things there, you know, no doubt about it. Um, but again, he, you know, and again, coming from San Francisco, he's coming from a good organization as far as things to learn there, both with the GM and, uh, with the coach and with the whole organization. So if, um, if Houston will give him the support and tools that he needs, which I think they will, um, and again, he's in a division where, you know, it's not the toughest division in football, and that probably helps him there too. So I think it was a good hire. Well, it's not the toughest division in football, but it could be pretty soon, right? Trevor Lawrence, a quarterback in Jacksonville. Indianapolis, the number four pick, could trade up and get a top top quarterback in this draft. Tennessee, you know, who knows uh, what goes on there. I still think uh, Derek Carr is a landing place in Tennessee. I said that from the day that he got benched in Las Vegas. But to start off, it's, it's a pretty even playing field, so to say, in the division. They'll have young quarterbacks and an opportunity to grow. And again, I think it's a really good hire. I'm interested to see if he brings other guys back that he played with in Houston. Um, you know, J.J. Watt just retired as well. I don't know that he'd be a good coach or if he even wants to coach. Um, but it's things like that. And there were some pretty solid coordinators that came through as well while Ryan's was there. So it'll be interesting to see kind of which direction he goes with the staff and looking forward to seeing that. Earlier, Carolina hired Frank Reich as their new head football coach. Of course, he was in Indianapolis for a couple of years. He has a storied history as a play player, quarterback in the league, and then as an assistant for many years. And again, Carolina, another team in a bad division with one right decision at quarterback could turn this team around pretty quickly. Uh, what do you think about Frank Wright getting another opportunity with Carolina and then, uh, and, and kind of what's next for them? I think that was a good choice for them too. I think Frank Wright, you know, is a good coach and I think he can, you know, uh, he can be in a situation where, um, Again, you know, like you said, he's in a good um, division as far as making a difference right away. Yeah. And I think he will definitely be able to bring good people with him, have a good coaching staff. And again, if the GM and, uh, and the owner, you know, will work with them and, uh, and make some wise, you know, draft choices and, and um, 
free agent pickups. They can, you know, they can make a move. Like I said, Carolina kind of made a move at the end of the year this year. So um, I, I think, again, I, I think that was a good hire also. So, um, and again, when both with Houston and with Carolina, there's not going to be Super Bowl expectations next year. They just want to be headed in the right direction. And I think Frank Reich can head them there. I think that was a good move. See, I like Frank Reich. I like his personality. Uh, I'm not sure that he's the guy to get it done. Uh, now, he has ties in Carolina. He actually played in Carolina, uh, lived there for a while as well. Um, I mean, Indianapolis had a stacked defense and a lot of good pieces on offense, and Reich wasn't able to, to right the ship there in Indianapolis. So I, I'm not sure. It all comes down to quarterback at Carolina. Who do they get? Um, do they trade up and go for a rookie? Do they go out and get a veteran guy, a Jimmy G or a Derek Carr? Uh, or I'm sure there's somebody else out there I'm forgetting. I, I'm interested to see what happens there. I'm rooting for Frank Reich. I'm just not sure if he's the guy. Um, but again, as far as you're talking about like human being goes, he's a very, very good human being. And I'm curious to, and I'll be cheering for him there in Carolina. The big coaching hire, though, comes with the Denver Broncos. They trade a first and a second round pick to the Saints to acquire Sean Payton and a third round pick. And Dan, I have been surprised with how negative people have been about this hire. Um, it's not necessarily negative they hired Sean Payton. They just really don't believe Denver's a good team. And I'm sitting there going, wait a second. They got a quarterback who's played at an MVP level, a quarterback who's won a Super Bowl. They've got incredible wide receivers. They've got a very good defense. And they have a coach who's won a Super Bowl. I don't understand what's negative about this hire. I think this is a phenomenal move by Denver. Even giving up the first and second round draft picks, I think it's the right play. And I think Denver's going to be really good really fast. Uh, what are your thoughts on Sean Payton to Denver? Well, they do have some good talent there. I mean, he he's a he's a great coach. And, of course, that's a team that wants to win. You know, they've the fan base, everything there. They do have some good talent. Uh, the question is going to be with Russell Wilson. You know, can he be the Russell Wilson that he was a few years ago? Uh, again, Sean Payton, you know, should be able to, to determine that. And, again, a lot of it may have to do with the offense they run and how things go. But, I, I, I mean, I don't see how you can say Sean Payton's a bad hire. I think the idea of giving up all those draft picks, uh, and they had already gotten rid of some, uh, yeah. That may hurt them in the next two or three years down the line as far as being able to build, um, you know, with young talent. Future, that's, yeah. not, that's not a good situation. But like you said, if Russell Wilson can be what we thought he would be this year um, at all, and they do have, like I said, some great talent with wide receivers, um, good defenses. I'm sure, again, he'll bring a good staff there to Denver. Um, there'll definitely be a lot of excitement, be, be you know, high expectations. Um, and, again, that division, you know, this year going into it, boy, that division is going to be the top division. Well, you've got Kansas City you have to deal with, but there are still questions about the Chargers. I think there's lots of questions about the Raiders. Yep. Um, so I think Denver, you know, they're not in a bad situation there. Um, so, I mean, I, I think getting Sean Payton and I think that was a good place for him to go to me, that kind of fits in Denver. How many Super Bowls does Russell Wilson and Sean Payton have to win together in order for this to be a good deal? Um, 
Well, I think one, I one. think one, one's all they need to do. Yeah. But if they can get back in the playoffs, if they can be in contention, um, you know, then then I think they're you know they're they're going to be where they're at there in Denver. So look at look at the Rams. The Rams went all in on veterans. They traded away all their draft picks. They got Matt Stafford. Uh, they had Odell. They had uh, everybody they got in Jalen Ramsey. All these people. And they won a Super Bowl. Now, it fell apart after the Super Bowl, <laughs> but they won one. And and that's the deal with Denver is, you know, yeah, sure, this might ruin them uh, or hurt them down the road. Uh, but if they win, n- nobody cares. They're, they'll, they'll live with two or three bad seasons because they don't have high draft picks. If they win, and they've got Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, K.J. Hamler. They've got receivers. Uh, they've got running backs, Javante Williams, uh, Latavius Murray's there as well. Uh, Mike Boone, who a lot of people don't realize, he's a really good running back too. Uh, so they've got running backs. they got Russell Wilson, again, a MVP caliber quarterback. Greg Dolchich, a rookie this past year, tied in. That's really good as well. This is a team that with Sean Payton's offensive mind should come out playing really good football. They've got the talent to do it. And like I said, all they got to do is win one, and they've got at least two years to do that. And if they can compete, and they should, uh, it's about getting Russell Wilson right. But again, when has Sean Payton struggled with quarterbacks? He had Drew Brees, who won the Super Bowl with him. Then Drew Brees went down, and he had uh, Teddy Teddy Two Gloves, right? Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater played great under Sean Payton. Uh, they had Taysom Hill do some things under Sean Payton. I think Denver will be fine. And as long as they can win one, everybody will be happy with getting rid of all of these draft picks uh, to, to attain Russell Wilson and Sean Payton ultimately. And, Dan, the second-round draft pick, you know, I've heard other people say this too. If Denver does well, that's going to be a late second-rounder. They're picking up a third-rounder from New Orleans. That's not really that big of a deal. They basically gave up a first-round pick to get Sean Payton. And I would think we would all agree Sean Payton was worth a first-round pick. So I think it's a great move. I think it's going to work. When we get to our predictions next year, uh, I guarantee you I will be high on Denver and what they're going to do in the coming coming season as well. So I think it's a great move uh, there for sure. Um, that kind of transitions us into the news. Uh, Adam Schefter reported that D'Amico Ryans was the guy Denver wanted, and he chose Houston over Denver. Now, Another reporter said, uh, nope, D'Amico Ryans was always going to Houston. Sean Payton was always going to Denver. And that brings me to Adam Schefter again, because I really have lost a lot of respect for Adam Schefter. He's done a lot of breaking news and things like that over the years, and he's been credited with a lot of things. But it seems like everything Schefter reports on Aaron Rodgers is pure opinion. None of it is backed by any sources. None of it is backed by any actual reporting. It is just constantly started with the draft uh, when he started saying that he was going to get traded to to all the way to right now when he's talking about what Rogers is going to do next. Every time he reports on it, he says sources say, but then he just says sources say that they think uh, or someone else thinks that maybe Rogers will do this or Rogers will do that. And I got to tell you, I think Adam Schefter has lost a ton of credibility in his reporting of Aaron Rodgers over the last couple seasons. 
Uh, and I think it's, in my opinion, at least for me, I've lost a ton of respect for the guy. I don't trust anything he says about Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he knows anything about Aaron Rodgers. He's just like me and you, Dad, guessing. Uh, and shoot, I can do that all day. I can put it out on Twitter. Sources say, and it could be you telling me, Dad, that you think that Aaron Rodgers is staying. That's the reporting he's doing, and it absolutely makes no sense to me. He's hoping he's right. He's throwing it out there. But at the end of the day, I'm just kind of tired of listening to him throw out his opinion. That's not what I listen to Adam Schefter for. I listen to him for facts, and he's not been giving facts when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, purely opinions. Any thoughts on Schefter and kind of what he's been doing? Uh, no, I mean, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, I I wrote Evan Schefter off two years ago when the thing about uh, right before the draft uh, about Aaron Rodgers and then turning out, you know, where he said he had a source. And then later he said, well, no, he didn't have a source, but he'd done <laughs> research. I mean, I that that was the end of it for me. Before then, you know, he was supposed to be one of the more credible ones. I remember right. A talk show guy said, hey, if Schefter says that I believe it, you know, that, that's what we do when we get ready for the draft and things like that. But that that kind of all changed uh, from there. And, um, you know, everybody wants to scoop people, but it's, it, it's hard to, you know, there, there's really no accountability in, in that type right. of stuff. Uh, networks keep using him. Networks, you know, I, I'm amazed sometimes that the people that, networks use and then they they kind of you know let you know that well this guy's an expert and this guy knows and i i just scratched my head a little bit you know a few years ago um i guess it was fox had a super bowl and on the panel of the super bowl was colin cowherd and he was talking just like he was one of the player guys. You know, everybody else was a former player or a former coach. And, you know, he, his opinion was just as good as anybody else. And I thought, this is ridiculous. And, um, you know, that's why some people do have great credibility, guys that are players. Um, and, and I, you know, I've heard some different people on the radio um, that, that, you know, when, when they don't know, they say that. They say, now, listen, I don't know. I don't have a source, but, you know, here's what makes sense to me. Here's what I think. Now, I, I'm, I don't know this for sure. And I heard people say that. They were talking on Dan Patrick two days ago about, um, you know, where um, Tom Brady was going to go. And, you know, the was, I don't have any, you know, the fellow said, I don't have any insight on this, but it would make some sense, um, you know, to go here. Chris Collinsworth was the guy talking, actually. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, it's one thing to say, you know, I, um, I don't know. Now, when somebody has a source, that's great. And that, that gives news. But again, you know, I've heard people, you know, I've heard Dan Patrick say, you know, I have a source that, you know, said this. I mean, he said for a long time, there was no question Aaron Rodgers was going to be a quarterback in Denver last year. And then, you know, he said, well, that was all because of the source. Well, okay. But then that's not a credible source because that wasn't, what the situation was. And um, yeah, Scheffner, I think, has lost, definitely lost a lot of credibility um, from there. And yeah, today, um, it's funny, Dan Patrick's kind of really gone after him now a little bit on that because he was one to point it out about one guy talked about D'Amico Ryans and another guy said the exact right. opposite. So they can't both be right. And um, from there. So anyhow, yeah. very interesting. Yeah, it is. And you know, let's let's kind of transition with Nathaniel Hackett. He got hired in Denver 
And that's where all the stuff went. And and obviously Denver clearly hired Nathaniel Hackett to be their head coach last year and purpose to try to get Aaron Rodgers to come. It did not work. Now Nathaniel Hackett goes, he's offense coordinator for the Jets. And, you know, the immediate thought was, wait a second, are they doing this to try to land Aaron Rodgers? Um, because hopefully they learn from Denver's mistake. That's not how it works. And the Jets make sense. If Rodgers is going to go play somewhere else, the Jets make sense. They, it really does. You got LaFleur's friend, uh, that's the head coach. Uh, you got uh, Hackett now that's there that Rodgers likes. San Francisco makes sense, except for it's in the NFC. And I don't think the Packers would trade them in the NFC. So there's there's only a few options out there at this point. But, um, you know, you talked to me off air about so many coordinators getting fired and moving and different things like that. I know you like Nathaniel Hackett. I, I, I don't dislike Nathaniel Hackett. I don't think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. and uh, But I thought he would do better in Denver than he did. Uh, that being said, uh, he got a job pretty fast with the Jets. Do you think they hired Hackett to bring Rodgers to try to get Rodgers there? Or do you think they just simply liked Hackett? I think they just simply like Hackett. I don't think they did it to get Aaron Rodgers there. They may make a play to try to get Aaron Rodgers, but I don't think that's why they got Hackett. Again, you know, uh, Soleil has a relationship with LaFleur, and there would have been, they would have known, you know, everything as far as um, the job Hackett did there at Green Bay. And um, I, I think it made a lot of sense where I saw Hackett go there. Some of these moves has made a lot of sense. You know, Mike LaFleur ended up at, um, at Durant. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Everyone, you know, they know each other. They know each other's philosophy. They know a little bit of where they're at. And um, so I, I think that made sense there. I, I don't think um, maybe Denver did hire him in order to try to get uh, Aaron Rodgers, but I, I don't know if that was the case. But um, I, no, I don't I don't think that's why the Jets went after him. Sure, yeah, and Denver did that. I mean, I I heard that from people who I who I think say reasonable things, and I mean that was the deal is they brought him in fully expecting for Rodgers to come, and it did not work. And I think that put Hackett in a bad spot in Denver. I think once they didn't land Rodgers, I think that he didn't have the full support of the building. And, uh, and when they didn't get Rogers, then that kind of pushed him further down the list. And again, it was a horrible season in Denver, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about last week's game, Sunday's games. The, we'll start with Philadelphia and San Francisco. Philadelphia dominates this game. San Francisco was quarterbackless for most of the game. Brock Purdy hurts the elbow early. Uh, then Johnson gets knocked out with the concussion and Purdy comes back and can't throw the ball other than basically wide receiver screens. And they just had no shot at that point. So it was kind of a boring game. Uh, once Purdy got hurt, that was kind of the end of it. And Philadelphia dominated. How much of this game can you really say was all Philadelphia or was just the circumstance lined up really well? I mean, obviously the Eagles are good. I'm not saying they're not good. But to me, I didn't, I didn't get anything proven to me about Philadelphia really in this game. Um, they had a great pass rush, which knocked out Purdy and Johnson. But... Uh, at the end of the day, okay, they beat San Francisco, a wounded duck, and you know, here we go on to the next one, right? Any thoughts on on the game as a whole? It's uh, Philadelphia. Did you learn anything about them? 
Well, I, I think in Philadelphia is very solid. They have been all year, and I think they showed that. It's true when they knocked the two quarterbacks out, then that put San Francisco at a great disadvantage, and they weren't able to come back. But Philadelphia jumped on them quick, and yeah. um, they're, 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 they're well-rounded. And the way they use, you know, Jalen Hurts, we talked a lot about him. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of yards or all of that, but he knows how to – uh, run their offense and, uh, you know, manage the game well, and they've got talent. And um, I, I think Philadelphia, you know, I mean, what, they've had the best record all year, and I don't think there's any reason to to doubt that they're a very good team. So I know we'll talk more about the Super Bowl next week. Um, but I, I think Philadelphia, I mean, I don't think you can take anything away from Philadelphia just because the quarterbacks got hurt or whatever. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe San Francisco could have done better, obviously, if they had, you know, their starting quarterback and or if, you know, um, Purdy had not been hurt. But um, I, I think, you know, Philadelphia's got a good team and they took care of business. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean to take anything away from Philadelphia. I'm just saying I didn't learn anything more about them. I mean, it was 7-7 with a minute 36 seconds left in the half. So it's not like they were dominating them before Purdy went out and even when Johnson came in. But then they got the touchdown with 136 left to go up 14-7. And then the turnover and another score, that they go up 21-7 at the half. I mean, I just feel like if Purdy was there the consistency of what Brock Purdy's been this year, it wouldn't have been 31 to seven, the final score. I think it would have been a lot closer and maybe more scary. Now saying that Hassan Reddick had a heck of a game. Um, he was, he was just blowing up the offensive lineman and whoever else they threw at him out there. And then again, we watched the Eagles kind of just do their thing on offense. Uh, and Jalen hurts, uh, only 121 yards passing. Uh, he only had 39 yards rushing, but everything was done that needed to be done. They were able to kind of walk it in at, after the half and just maintain basically to go through. Um, I mean, I like, I, I hate their coach, uh, Sirianni, but I, I like the rest of the team. And I like what Jalen Hurts, and we talked glowingly about Jalen Hurts when he was drafted. And, uh, you know, there's A.J. Brown's been a great pickup for them. Devontae Smith has played well as a young receiver. And then they got guys like uh, Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell who have played really good too. I, I like Philadelphia. I'm cheering for Philadelphia to win this year. Um, and, you know, I'm just, I, I don't know. As long as Hurts is healthy and he's going to be as healthy or healthier than he was going into this game with a week off, you know, the Eagles are a fun team to watch. And I think that they are a, um, a unique team to say the least uh, going into this Super Bowl. Uh, 49ers, Dad. Brock Purdy now is getting surgery, going to be out, looks like, six to eight months. Trey Lance is the quarterback as uh, the 49ers, Lynch and um, Shanahan were in a press conference, and they were asked, is there any scenario in which Jimmy Garoppolo will be your quarterback next year? And Shanahan said, uh, no, no, there's no scenario of that happening. So so, <laughs> so Jimmy G's gone. Uh, so we know that for sure. So Trey Lance is, is it, right, in San Francisco, unless they go out and get a veteran guy. You would, you would like to think they have confidence in Trey Lance. I mean, they moved up to get him. He got injured this year. Um, but it looked like Brock Purdy was going to push for that job. Now Purdy, if he's injured and can't play to start the season, it kind of takes all the stress off of the quarterback situation. Trey Lance is your quarterback. And off you go into the next year. How do you feel about the 49ers? I mean, they, they have a lot of talent, right, on this team. They're going to return a lot of talent. 
Can Trey Lance do the job? Do they have to bring somebody else in? Well, I, I think they're going to go with Trey Lance. Whether he's going to develop as the quarterback, then we'll see next year. He's going to have to, or otherwise they're going to have to you know, move in a different direction. But I don't believe they'll bring anyone where there's going to be you know, any direct competition. Now, once Purdy gets healthy, then yes, there could be uh, some competition there. But I think Trey Lance is going to have every chance um, – you know, they're, they've, they've got some great talent, you know, with, with Debo Samuel and with Kittle and McCaffrey. McCaffrey. That was really a big move there, and they've got a good defense. But we know teams, you know, you can't stay stagnant, so um, we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see how they do. They ended up being they ended up being in a weak division, you know, this year, and uh, that wasn't necessarily expected. So, but we will um, – you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. They got they've got a good coach, no doubt about it. But um, again, um, you know, they've they've had a couple great years, and again, they've they've got a really good defense. So uh, we'll see. I've I've seen San Francisco's already rated pretty high next year, so we'll see. Yeah, and but they lose their defensive coordinator in D'Amico Ryan's. There's a chance they lose their offensive coordinator again. He's not calling plays. Shanahan is, but Anthony Lynn is interviewing for positions as well. You start turning over the staff and things like that, you might see them go the wrong direction there. And I say the wrong direction, just meaning not make it back to the Super Bowl. But, <laughs> but uh, they, yeah, they're going to be a good team. They're going to have the talent there and see what they can do to do with it. And I'm interested to see Trey Lance get a real shot at it and see kind of what he's got. The other game, Dad, in the AFC, the Bengals lose by three to the Chiefs in what I think is the worst officiated game I have ever seen on live television since Seattle Seahawks, Green Bay Packers, fail Mary replacement ref situation. Uh, but I mean, this was a horribly officiated game. There were a lot of mistakes made, some really just crazy things happening. And, uh, and, and not, I mean, the push out of bounds was a penalty. There's no question about that. There were other things throughout that game that definitely affected the play of the game. The Bengals are right there the whole time, but at the end of the day, they could not get the final score, and they made the boneheaded mistake at the end with the defense, uh, the young player pushing Mahomes after he was out of bounds, giving them a 45-yard field goal attempt instead of a 60-yard field goal attempt. So that ultimately did the job, but uh, what do you think about that game, Cincinnati and Kansas City? Um Again, you know, uh, I think you're right. The officiating has been a problem all year. I think the NFL is going to have to look at how maybe they can address that because it, it, it has not gotten better. You know, they've had different rule changes where, you know, it's not so much on officials or whatever, but it's, it, you know, it, it's, it's not been good all year. So that's something the NFL will have to look at. Uh, Cincinnati was, you know, um, right there it would have been interesting if they'd went to overtime and seen what happened there but like I said they made the mistake and that um set them up you know uh for the field goal there of course buckner kicking a 60 yarder wouldn't have been an impossibility but anyhow but it would well, have been wouldn't have, much but harder. i mean the kick he kicked and granted he didn't have to kick at 60 yards the kick he kicked would not have made it 60 yards and with that cold weather and everything like that i mean I'd much more rather, if I'm a Bengals fan, I'd much more rather him shot one from 60 yeah. and beat us there than, than going from 45 and beating us. 
Oh uh, yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt about that. And um, but again, you know, I think the Bengals played well again. Mahomes, you know, a great effort with being hurt. And uh, Kansas City, you know, Kansas City's got a very good team, very good, very good coach. And of course, Mahomes is just a unique player. And um, man, you know, it was it was a great win for them. I, I wasn't surprised they won. I was, you know, I was rooting for Cincinnati, being living here in the area. Um, with everything there, um, people haven't been totally, um, I, again, I think Cincinnati, you know, a couple of years ago had very low expectations. Right. So to get in the Super Bowl this year, to get in the AFC championship game, I think next year they'll come in still with a lot of, um, you know, excitement there because what they had some offensive linemen hurt and that really yeah. did hurt them also. Uh, that's Man. an area they've still got to address. But um, but Joe Burrow is a leader, and of course Jamar Chase and Mixon, you know they they've definitely got weapons, and the defense was you know played much better this year. So yeah, they they could not get the run game going at all uh, in this game, uh, and that that really hurt them. Uh, Joe Burrow, the leading rusher for the team in this game, Joe Mixon, eight carries, nineteen yards. Uh, they just couldn't get it going. T Higgins and Jamar Chase both had good games. Um, and uh, but like I said, when it when they needed it the most, they could not get it. And uh, Patrick Mahomes did play a really good game, uh, kind of solidifying his spot at the top of the QB charts uh, right now in the NFL. And I'm sure we'll see plenty more of him in the years to come. We'll talk about the Super Bowl next week in our episode. We'll preview uh, everything there and talk about those that those things. Uh, Dad, I do want to remind people today's episode is presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. If you want the purest jerky in the game, you got to go straight to the source. Righteous Felon has partnered with the best natural black Angus beef producers in the land to lock up supply and guarantee the best tasting, best textured, and freshest beef jerky on the market. Righteous Felon offers free shipping on all orders, $50 or more. Visit RighteousFelon.com. Use the promo code BELLYUP. You're going to get 15% off your purchase. Again, that's RighteousFelon.com. Use the code BELLYUP and get 20% off your purchase. Righteous Felon is not only partnering with the Sports Stove Podcast, but also the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show, which kicks off Sunday, February the 5th. That's this coming Sunday, 8 p.m. live on the Sports Stove YouTube and Belly Up Fantasy Facebook page. Uh, myself, I'll be joined by senior fantasy baseball analyst Kevin Wilson. And we'll have a guest on each week as well. So lots of stuff coming up with baseball season, Dad. Uh, I'm excited to get into it. Like I said, I've been studying, researching, preparing for that episode. And it's just got me itching for baseball season uh, to get here. The sounds and the smells and the warm weather, you know, after cold ice and rain that we've had uh, here in Kentucky the last couple of days. I'm ready for the baseball weather to come back as well. Cincinnati Reds, Dad, I'm, I'm sure you haven't done a, a whole lot of research into them this year. Uh, a lot of young guys this year for Cincinnati, not a whole lot of expectation. Uh, so have they have they transitioned to baseball yet in your area, or are they still talking Bengals? Uh, still talking Bengals at this point. Again, you know, the Reds have really fallen off, so I don't know what the expectations will be. I mean, you know, the Reds are – one of the big things here in this area, but I don't know. I'm interested to hear kind of where it, you know, where it is as we get into baseball season. So 
That'll be fine. Hey, one other thing about football here in the yep. NFL. Um, as far as coaching, is it just two teams that left right now looking for coaches, Indianapolis and Arizona? Uh, I think so. I, I, I uh, tried to look through that today, and that's what it looked like um, from there. Do you think – I haven't heard much about Arizona. You know, I've seen a list of Indianapolis of coaches um, they're looking at. Uh, I, I wonder, you know, with the D'Amico Ryan's thing, is there? I wonder if there's assistant coaches somewhere, Cincinnati, or I mean, um, Kansas City or Philadelphia, that um, Arizona's waiting on, uh, or something like that. Maybe you've heard, maybe you've heard some names at Arizona, but um, I wonder when. I wonder if there are some assistants on those two teams that um, will come into play after the Super Bowl. Yeah, I know that uh, Philadelphia coordinators are both consideration for jobs. I know Indianapolis is interviewing the offensive coordinator, um, and I believe Arizona is uh, interviewing the defensive coordinator. Um, and I've seen a lot of interesting names for the uh, Cardinals that, I don't know, no splash hires. Um, it's it's one of those weird things where you're sitting there going, uh, you know, who, who's who's going to land this job? Who wants the job, by the way? Um, but assistant coaches. So uh, Brian Flores, who was in Miami and currently on the staff at Pittsburgh, he's being considered. Aaron Glenn, the Lions defensive coordinator. Cincinnati, uh, I think both of the candidates are, uh, both of the coordinators are interviewing Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator, and Lou Anarumo. Uh, the defensive coordinator there as well. So those are the names that are kind of out there, but there's no, there really is no major, um, you know, big splash hires, I guess. Mike Kafka, uh, the Giants offensive coordinator, I think is also being mentioned there. I'm looking up real quick to see um, the other names. Yeah, Kafka. um, yeah, and the other and those other coordinators. Brian Callahan makes sense, right? He's got a long history in in the league with his dad and everything like that. So, um, uh, you know, he's got a lot of experience, been around a long time. That kind of stuff could be an interesting hire there. Um, you know, what about Dan Quinn? Dan Quinn's not going to take an offensive or excuse me, a head coaching job. He sticks with Dallas as the defensive coordinator. Kellen Moore leaves Dallas as the offensive coordinator. Interesting kind of turn of events there in Dallas. Kellen Moore was the chosen one. And now he's gone, and Dan Quinn, who had a great season at the head of the defense in Dallas, sounded like he could have had a job if he wanted it, chose to stay in Dallas. Was that surprising? Um, no. Well, I, a little bit because I, I thought he might be the guy. Um, we had talked about that in Denver just because of his association right. with Russell Wilson. But, um, no, I mean, apparently, you know, he, he, he likes the working situation there. This is two years in a row he's come back uh, from there. And, again, you know, um, if something happens with McCarthy, you know, Quinn, Quinn may very well be the guy. So, I don't know. True. Yeah, now that Sean Payton's off, uh, uh, now there's a little bit more opportunity sitting there. Maybe, maybe that's what he's thinking. Maybe he just enjoys the lack of stress. Uh being a coordinator versus being a head coach as well. Uh, let's transition, Dad. Um, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but LeBron James, he had this whiny moment at the end of the game the other night. He got fouled after he traveled. 
He got fouled. They didn't get called. They lose the game. And he was flopping and flailing like a two-year-old in the grocery store. Absolutely embarrassing antics by LeBron James. Now, he's had a great season. He's going to get uh, Kareem's scoring record soon. He's moving up the assist charts as well. But what an absolute joke. And that's just why I sit here and, and I beg my kids not to watch him. I think he's uh, in, in, on the court, a horrible role model. Off the court, he does a lot of good things. I don't think he's a bad person. Um, I just I hate watching him on the court, the way he treats his coaches, the way he treats his teammates, uh, with the exception of the ones that he really likes. And then just the way he reacted just absolutely blew my mind with how childish he looked. I know you don't watch a lot of basketball. Did you see the clips of, of how he reacted? I did not, but I, I've, I've heard about it. So, I mean, I kind of knew what happened. But, uh, no, like I said, LeBron James, you know, I mean, he's he's set a lot of records. You know, he will go down like, like that. And like I said, I don't know that he's a bad person, uh, but I don't know that I've ever been a huge LeBron James fan. Uh, not necessarily, you know, against him like I would be against some players. But, um, I, you know, I, I, again, I – you know, I mean, you'll have to say he's a great player, no doubt about it, and he'll go down that way. I don't think I, for the idea that he's the best player ever, I that would never be what I would say, no doubt about that. So, yeah, me neither, me neither for sure. Uh, let's talk quickly some college basketball. Dad, Purdue is on top, number one in the nation, followed by Tennessee, Houston, Alabama, and Arizona. I tell you what. Tennessee and Alabama in the top five, still something I have to get used to in college men's basketball. Um, but it's been an interesting season so far. There's been a little bit of fluctuation at the top. Houston's been there a couple times. Uh, Virginia's back up towards the top as well. They're number six currently. Um, you know, Kentucky is one of those teams that's kind of out on the outskirts right now on the bubbles, uh, so to say. They've been playing a lot better as of late, so I think they won't have any issues moving back into the tournament and stuff like that as well. But uh, just looking at college basketball, because now that football's winding down, baseball will be starting up. But we're going to have about a month between football and baseball season. And uh, so we'll kind of turn our attention a little bit more towards college basketball and the things going on there. What has uh, stood out to you so far in this this season? Again, I, I think college basketball, there's just a lot of good teams. I think we get to the tournament, it's going to be really – Really exciting because I, I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of parity, a lot of good teams there. You know, a couple of good teams at Purdue and a couple of stayed at the top all season, but it's it's kind of went back and forth. You know, I've always been a little bit of a Big Ten fan um, growing up in Illinois, and of course now here in the Midwest. And it was interesting. I was looking today; only two Big Ten teams right now in the top twenty-five, uh, but there's a lot of good teams in. In the Big Ten, no doubt about it. Uh, but the SEC has definitely improved, and of course, ACC is tough. And you know, the big conferences are going to have a lot of people in the tournament, no doubt about that. But um, I, you know, we'll know more when we get to the conference tournaments here. But um, I, I think it's going to be a, a really good tournament uh, in March because I think the, there's you know a lot of teams that can be a lot of upsets. Yeah, I mean, you got Florida Atlantic currently sitting in the top 20. They're at 19, uh, which is a team you don't normally see up that high. Uh, Miami's in the top 25. UConn uh, at 16 and 6 is there as well. 
Uh, but you got Auburn sitting there at 25. And again, Alabama, and, and we're Nate Oates fans here, not Alabama fans at, in any way, shape, or form, uh, but Nate Oates fans. And, uh, and then Tennessee, I mean, you got two SEC schools in the top five right now, and they're not what we would think of when we think of SEC basketball. Granted, Tennessee's been better as of late. Alabama's been better as of late. Um, but that's a little surprising. Really, you don't have the Blue Bloods up there. Kansas is at eight. Um, North Carolina's nowhere to be found. Uh, Kentucky, nowhere to be found. So uh, it's it's uh, maybe a changing of the landscape with the NIL stuff uh, where guys can build teams again and uh, compete. And, you know, it's, 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 I think, good to see that kind of shift back at the top. And we'll see what breaks down come tournament time. Uh, we know that North Carolina could not win a single game and still be a one seed, but, uh, <laughs> that, uh, you know, they can win as many games as classes they go to and still be a one seed. So, uh, needless to say, Kansas is, is good again this year, of course, but they're below Kansas state right now. Take that blue fog. So, um, I don't know. Interesting basketball season getting us started. We're not getting started. We're only a month away from the conference tournaments. So, uh, we're, we're winding down college basketball season already. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't say I've watched a whole lot of uh, big-time college basketball. I've watched as much EKU basketball as I can, and they're having a great year in the ASUN Conference. And hopefully we see them come March in the tournament as well. Uh, but And, Dan, I'm thinking about having uh, Coach Hamilton on this show sometime. I've had him on the local hour several times. Uh, but I've thought about bringing him on the show to chat with us one night as well as we get into college basketball talk and stuff like that. Also, we'll see if that if that happens or not. Uh, but I have been considering uh, considering that as well. Uh, and I know I know here in Southwest Ohio, uh, the team that's really had a good year is Xavier, and of course yeah. they've been good, you know, in different years. But they've been ranked higher and dropped just a little bit now. I think they have a big game tonight, if I remember correctly. But um, yeah, you know, a, a good a lot of teams like that, um, you know, can be factors. I think this year. Yeah, Xavier and Providence are going into overtime right now. Uh, they just wow. ended regulation, so they're going into overtime. That's 16th-ranked Xavier, 17th-ranked Providence. Most of you that are listening to this will already know the final score there. Purdue won tonight by 20 over Penn State. Uh, they're not a whole lot of top 25 games. Uh, Tennessee's playing Florida right now. They're up three early on in the second half. Auburn is playing Georgia. They're blowing them out. And uh, then Marquette will play Villanova later tonight. Um, actually they should be tipping off right now. Uh, and Marquette's having a good year as well. I just talked with a Marquette, former Marquette women's player. Um, that episode drops Friday with a local hour, but Antoinette w uh, Walker transferred from Marquette to Eastern Kentucky and she's killing it at Eastern Kentucky averaging 21 points, 9.8 rebounds, 2.5 steals. She is killing it. And, uh, and so talk with her about that. And I know you're following MTSU girls. Nobody else in the world is, but but you're following uh, MTSU girls, Middle Tennessee State girls, and they're having a good season uh, as well. Tennessee got stomped the other night uh, by UConn, but uh, South Carolina's running the show in the girls' basketball, and Staley's done a great job there at South Carolina, and those girls are tough. And it's kind of that same grouping usually up top with the girls, but Indiana girls having a huge year as well, only one loss so far on the season to go along with Stanford and LSU towards the top with South Carolina uh, there. 
anything else you want to cover or talk about before we uh, we we go away? Uh, no, no, I, th I think that'll be good. Like I said, we're still a lot going on in the NFL, and we've got those other two coaching hires, and, you know, um, who, you never know when stuff's going to start breaking there. Of course, with Super Bowl week, you never know what's going to happen, who's going to get in trouble, what's going to happen there either. So um, we will see um, how that goes. be interesting to see what the NFL All-Star well, we can since they've changed changed that from the Pro Bowl and see what see how that, that actually ends up. Peyton and Eli will probably make that a, a good time more than likely, but um, you know we'll see. And like I said, um, hockey has All Star um, weekend this this time too. There is still hockey season. I know you don't recognize that, but anyhow, sure. go Predators. Yeah, go Preds. Uh... I'm I'm kind of starting to pay more attention to golf stuff. Golf, of course, getting ready. To, I think they're going to be in Phoenix uh, soon, uh, if I remember right. And then NASCAR is getting ready to start up as well. Uh, so yeah. lots of things going on uh, in the extracurricular world. We we started talking a little NASCAR last year. Tried to pay more attention to it, and uh, I'm even in a uh, it's not a fantasy league, but it's a weird. I don't know. I'm doing something with another belly up uh, guy. Uh, and some NASCAR stuff too. So uh, it's it'll be fun to kind of keep track of some of these things and and see as the the major sport of football kind of shuts down. Uh, now we get into the All Stars of the like you said NHL NBA All Stars coming up. Uh, then we'll get into Major League Baseball starting up and and a lot of things still going on and draft stuff. I'm so excited about the draft and all those kinds of things too. So. Plenty of things going on. All right, folks, follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Sports Stove. You can find us there. Don't forget to go to RighteousFelon.com to get your jerky. Use the promo code BELLYUP and get 15% off your purchase. Uh, I have tried two flavors of the jerky and two uh, one flavor of the beef stick. Really like the beef stick, honestly. That was really good. Uh, street taco flavor. Uh, and, then, uh, and the jerky was good, too. I love the texture of the jerky. As well, I need to get some other flavors to continue to try through. Got to get them all. Got to try them all. Um, reminder, uh, we got the local hour coming out this weekend. And then Sunday, live at 8 o'clock Eastern time on Sports Stove YouTube and Belly Up Fantasy Facebook will be the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. Hope you'll tune into that. And uh, we'll be previewing uh, and ranking catchers to get us started and talking about all the rule changes and how it affects fantasy baseball this year as well. All right, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove. <laughs>